Guys, I'm bringing the party to you. Samsonite. I was way off. Hold on to your butts. Text, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Great to have you on the Stephen Corson Show, where we like to talk about money, life, and everything else. This show is all about revamping how you think about money and how to use it to live the life that you want. I'm excited you made this show part of your financial journey. So let's get to it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Stephen Corson Show. I am so excited that you came along for this episode. Uh, we are going to be talking about how millionaires think about money. I have been really fortunate to be able to rub shoulders with some very intelligent people in my life, and um, some of which millionaires, some of which not. But one thing that I have found is that people who have done really well with their money, um, you know, have already surpassed millionaire status a few times, or people that are very well on their way to it. Uh, one thing that I find is that when you talk to them, there is uh, something that they all tend to have in common that people who would have a little bit more of a broke mindset, I guess you could say, uh, would have. And that is the simple fact that they don't think about money in terms of amounts, but they think about money in terms of percentages. And now some of you are sitting here going, seriously, uh, Stephen, can you uh, refund me for the data that it cost me to download <laughs> this particular podcast? Uh, no, sorry, can't do that. But stick around with me because I'm going to break this down a little bit. It's actually a it's, it's a very small thought, right? It's kind of like that movie Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio and he comes in and he's like, look, the, the idea has to be simple, has to be really small, but it can end up, you know, creating like this huge, massive um you know, life change essentially, right? And that's kind of what this is. It's kind of that that little inception idea. It's the spinning pinwheel. For those of you that haven't seen the movie, Christopher Nolan, amazing director, one of my probably top 10 favorite movies. Um, I highly recommend it. But anyway, and you're gonna have to watch it like two to three times because it can be a little confusing. I digress. Back to this. Um, so they don't think about it in terms of amounts. They think about it in terms of percentages. So the first thing that I want to go over is, well, what's wrong with amounts? What's wrong with just thinking about things in terms of $5, $20, you know, a million dollars, a billion dollars? What, what's wrong with that? So let's dive into that a little bit. So first off, numbers don't lie. Okay. Numbers are just what they are. Numbers. However, Numbers are taken out of context all the time. Numbers are misunderstood all the time. Numbers are correlated to things that they actually have no uh, causation to. Um, this is actually one of the number one fields that is emerging nowadays due to the vast amount of data that we are putting out is um, data analysis. And this field is strongly emerging because what companies and individuals are finding is that we have more data than we've ever had before. But the problem is a lot of it is useless or companies and people and whatever the case is, they are drawing the wrong conclusions from the data that they do have. And this happens all the time with money. And part of the problem is that a lot of people think in money in terms of amounts. So I'm going to give you an example here of exactly what I'm talking about. So it's an election year, um, you know, 2020. And um, one of the things that's going to be coming up for debate is, going, you know, how are you going to handle the national budget? 
right? So the national budget is in terms of trillions of dollars. All right. That's a, that's a number that doesn't really make sense to us. We're talking like, you know, uh, like astrophysics at that point, you know, stars in different points, like trillion, like that, that number is really getting out there a lot. Um, you know, billions, we hear billions a lot more. That's maybe a tad bit more relatable, but even the concept of billions, that's a, that's a, um, a hundred, I'm sorry. No, that's a thousand million. You know, it's hard for us to kind of compute with that. So the problem is the government came out a couple months ago and one branch of the government and they said, hey, we just cut out $20 billion. Well, I mean, my gosh, they cut $20 billion out of the budget. Yay. Hooray. Good job. Who do I pat on the back for, you know, taking the ax to that and, you know, cutting all this wasteful spending? That That's kind of what tends to go through your mind when you think $20 billion, right? I mean, we have companies, some of the largest companies in America are $20 billion. So, I mean, that's huge. But then you start to look at it a little bit differently, right? Because again, amounts can be deceiving. So what is the budget exactly for the government? Well, the budget is $4,450,000,000,000. That's how much just the United States alone is spending this year in 2020. So while 20 billion sounds like the government's doing a great job and oh man, we should just trust them with all this money and all this other stuff. When we really go back and think about it, and I'm not saying $20 billion is all they cut, by the way, they were just really patting themselves on the back for this one particular cut. Um, you know, so when they cut that $20 billion, did that really make a difference? Well, if we look about it in terms of percentages and we break that down, $4,450,000,000,000, taking $20 billion out of that, that comes down to 0.45% of the budget. That's it. Not even half a percentage point is what they're patting themselves on the back for. I don't, let's put that into context here. Let's talk about, you know, a little bit more average America. Okay. So let's say that you make $50,000 a year. All right. And let's say you go, you know what? we're spending too much money. We need to cut it back. Um, you know, all, you know, we're going to take some, some stuff, you know, when we go to target, we're just going to get that one thing that we were walking in for. We're not going to walk out with 10 bags, you know, forget Amazon. I'm not clicking that buy one click button anymore. You know, I'm going to really cut back in a whole bunch of money. We go, great. What are you going to do? And you say, I'm going to cut out of my $50,000 I make every year. I'm going to cut out $225. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> that's it's not that big of a deal. I'm not that impressed. It seems like you really kind of hyped up uh, all of the you know this big change that you were going to make, and now you're you're, you're for the whole year you're going to cut out two hundred twenty five dollars. I sorry, I'm not impressed. So that is that two hundred twenty five dollars is point four five percent of fifty thousand. That's what the government just did. They just cut two hundred twenty five dollars out of their fifty thousand dollar budget. Sorry, I'm not patting anybody on the back for that one. But that's the difference. If you look at things in terms of percentages, it can tell a much more accurate story than looking at things in terms of amounts. So that's that's it. That's kind of going big in 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 working our way backwards there. But the other problem with amounts is that big problems can actually seem small. 
So the reverse can very easily be true with what it is, uh, you know, when our, our perspective is off and we're just looking at it in terms of amounts. And this is really where it affects people like you and me on a daily basis and can really make a dent into what we're trying to do with our financial goals if we're not looking at this properly. So let's get into an example here. We're going to the opposite end of the spectrum. Forget about the billions. Now we're going to get down into the dollars and cents, okay? So everybody kind of likes to pick on coffee. I'm not going to pick on coffee. Number one, I'm not a big coffee drinker. Um, you know, I inhale Red Bulls um, ever since we had the twins and they've been keeping us up at night like there is no tomorrow. Uh, and unfortunately, one of my favorite addictions, I guess you could say, would be sugar. And uh, after the amount of cavities that I've had over the past two years, trust me, that will be changing here pretty soon. Just got a new pack of floss. Um, so the point, though, of what I'm trying to say here is that uh, I, I'm going to go to habits, okay? Small things. So let's say every day on your way home, you swing by a local convenience store. So you work five days a week, you know, traffic gets a little bad, you had a long day, you swing into your local convenience store, and you pick up a pack of Skittles and a 20 ounce Pepsi, right? Just a little something to snack on on the way home. Well, at current prices, that would cost you around $4. So let's say you do that five days a week. That's $20 a week. Again, doesn't seem like a big deal uh, in this scenario. Uh, I'm going to say that we make $60,000 a year. Okay. So at $60,000 a year, that roughly works out to be around $3,700 a month in take home pay. Okay. So in take home pay, roughly working out to be about $3,700. Um, let's look at that $20 a week and let's multiply it by four now. Okay. That's $80 a week. So now, it, or I'm sorry, $80 a month. So now if we take $80 a month and Again, yeah, it seems like a lot, but you know, is it really not sure? Well, again, let's look at it in percentages. $80 divided by $3,700, that breaks down to 2.2% of your budget. Now, 2.2% of your budget might not seem like a lot, but it's on freaking Skittles and Pepsi. 2.2% of the money that you make on a monthly basis is going to Skittles and Pepsi. That's it. Okay. That's, that's getting a little ridiculous at that point. It pretty much needs to be a line item in your budget that just says Skittles and Pepsi. We're not even talking about any of the other crap that you eat or drink, right? Like, like the, the freaking Skittles and Pepsi. So for some people it's Starbucks, for some people it's Dunkin' Donuts, for some people it could be anything, right? It depends on the substance that you want. But the point is we are creatures of habit. And most of us have that one thing that we go to for comfort for, uh, you know, uh, just whatever, whatever gets us our fix. You know, vices are often habits, not passions. So that's the thing. People, a lot of time they think of, you know, vices as these big deals and they really mess up your life. No, 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 no. Vices a lot of time are little things that really start to take over your life. So we talk a lot about habits on the show. When I'm working with people individually, we talk a lot about daily habits. What is it that you're doing? Because at the end of the day, habits are 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 massively accurate indicators of your short-term future and the results that you're going to get from that. And if you leave them unchecked, they're massively 
<laughs> good indicators at what your future is going to be like. So, and, and that can be a good and a bad thing. So, as an example, if you have a habit as a salesperson of having less meetings in a quarter than the rest of your team, you know, there's a pretty good chance that quarter that you're not going to be one of the top performers. You know, maybe you get lucky or something like that and you end up middle of the pack, but that's it. But then if you continue that behavior and you get fewer meetings and you're going through fewer sales cycles than the rest of your cohorts over the uh, cohorts over the rest of the year, you're definitely not going to make as much money as the rest of them. Yeah, that's just that's just how it's going to break out statistically. Let's say you have a habit of putting away $250 a month into a mutual fund. Okay, and that's earning you 8%. Well, if I look into the near future, more than likely, you're going to have more money than what you started with unless we had a really bad downturn. But then if I look at it over long term, that 8% when it compounds on top of itself, let's call it 15 years, you're gonna have over 87 grand. And of that $87,000, by the way, that you were putting in for that 15 years, half of it is interest. You would have only put in about $40,000 for that. So the other $40,000 would have just been interest. That is the power of habits over the long term. And again, this wing's both good and bad. So, you know, let's, let's talk about weight. If you go to McDonald's every single day, and, and you're eating McDonald's and you're coming out and you're not exercising or doing anything like that, you're going to get health problems. It's just as simple as that. Now, it may not be that big of a deal in the short term, but again, multiply that over 10 years, you're going to have some severe health issues. If you continue to eat fast food and you don't ever really get any exercise in it, it you're, you're going to get health issues. These are indicators that are outcomes from the habits that you are doing on a daily basis. Vince Lombardi, one of the great coaches uh, of our time, had this quote. He said, winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. Boom. Love it. It's so true. Okay. We can put this in terms of almost anything in life. The reality is your habits are going to end up defining your future success or failures. It's just as simple as that. So why am I hammering on habits so hard? You know, why am I doing that? Because at the end of the day, when it comes down to what we do with our money, Again, it, it, I can teach somebody to be a millionaire in 30 minutes. The, the concept of being a millionaire is extremely simple. You don't have to do a lot. Um, you don't even need to make a lot of money. For the most part, you just have to do the right, a couple right habits over a long period of time. You'll be a millionaire, guaranteed. So why isn't almost everybody a millionaire if I could teach them how to do it in 30 minutes? It's not about this right? It's about everything else. It's about, it's about what we do. It's about that lizard brain. That lizard brain takes over and things that we do almost subconsciously, you know, that we don't even think about that we're just, our body is used to, and then we just kind of give into that. If we leave those unchecked and we don't make sure those habits are, are beneficial to us, then that's when we get ourselves in trouble. All right. So I would challenge you to do this. Take some time and think about your habits. They are the predictors of your future. So it's it's really you just looking forward and going, okay, if I keep doing the same things that I'm doing every day, the, the daily habits that I have, a month from now, what's that going to look like? A year from now, what's that going to look like? Five years from now, what's that going to look like? It starts to get pretty interesting when you start looking that far out. If you really wanted some honest feedback on it, 
talk to your spouse if you're married talk to your boyfriend your girlfriend talk to your roommate talk to you know uh, anybody who spends a lot of time with you and ask them hey you know this is what i think about my habits and daily things do you think me do you see me doing any other things and see what they say see if they point out anything it can be pretty interesting to hear other people's perceptions of you if you really kind of open that door and don't go get offended or anything like that you're asking you know for for constructive feedback here right uh, this is how it starts but the reality is this you don't get a six pack by talking about doing sit ups simple as that so We've got to get out there. You've got to take action. You've got to take control of your habits. Okay. So point number three, thinking about money and percentages has long-term monumental implications. Okay. If you start looking at the little things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis and you start paying attention and thinking about things in percentages, it is going to make a huge difference long-term. If you start looking at it and going, you know what? I just invested $200. That doesn't feel like a lot of money. I have a friend of mine, you know, he's investing, you know, $250,000. Like he's got so much more than me. I'm just never going to get there. Don't think about it like that. Think about it about the fact of if you make $2,500 a paycheck, you just invested 10%. That's great. That's really good. If you can invest 10% of your money, start thinking about it in terms of that. It's a lot more encouraging that way. You won't get as discouraged. Never say things like, I only made $50. Again, that doesn't tell the full story. Did you make that $50 on a $25 investment? Well, damn, that's a 100% return. That's fantastic. 100%? I'll take that on an investment every single time. You know, the market average is around 9% year over year. So if you flipped it, boom, you're killing it, man. Absolutely killing it. So you know, little things like that. When you start looking at, you know, the market, when you're investing and you're going, man, you know, I only made, I only made, you know, $2,000 in interest this year and I had $20,000 in is, I, I don't know, is, I mean, I guess that feels like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it is. If you have that in, that's 10%. You're doing better than the market average. Like that's fantastic. So again, it's this context. We have to train ourselves in order to think not about amounts, but about percentages. It gives more context, helps us to see things in a better view. And like I said, if you do this with the little things, it's going to compound and then eventually it will build up and become um, a, a very beneficial habit for you that will benefit you in the long run. I absolutely guarantee it. So recap in talking about this. Stop thinking about money in terms of amounts. Just stop. Practice it on every little thing you do. We are talking about what is this fourth, third or fourth grade math. You can do it. I promise you. And if you can't do it uh, and round to it, grab your phone, pick it up, bust out that calculator and just start thinking about it in different ways and, and, and going, okay, well, you know, I just met this or yay, I was at the grocery store and I was going to buy the on-brand chips, but then the off-brand chips were a dollar less. So $3 compared to $4. Wow. That's actually a 25% difference. You just saved 25%. Well, what if you start doing that with everything that you did with every single thing on your grocery list? Well, if and I'm not saying that this is always the case, but it's like if you bought on-brand stuff and you saved 25% on your entire grocery bill by buying off-brand stuff or local brands or whatever the case is, then multiply that over a year. Again, when you start to think about things over the long term, those little dollar amounts really start to add up. It makes a really big difference. So if you can do that, I promise you it's going to have a huge impact on what you're doing. 
Always think in terms of percentages. It will change the view of your money. Last point, remember that your habits are strong indicators of your future. When it comes to your money, becoming a millionaire is not about having enough money to retire. And, and for anybody listening to this podcast under the age of 60, you probably 70 even, you have to be a millionaire if you want to retire for more than 10 years. It's just as simple as that. So if you think that retiring and being a millionaire aren't synonymous with each other, you're wrong. Okay. So remember, your habits are strong indicators for your future. Look at what you're doing right now and evaluate over long periods of time, is that going to get you where you want to go? If not, then you need to stop and you need to start thinking, what do I need to change? What do I need to do in order to get there? If you need some ideas, you can always check out the blog, www.everything.money. Watch some of our videos on YouTube, listen to some of the podcasts. We're always happy to come up with some ideas for you. But yeah, that's what I've got for you today. I hope that this helped. And uh, please feel free to um, you know send us emails, any stories, anything that helps you. We love to hear uh, and to help in any way that we possibly can. And thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and had a good time. If you'd like to support this podcast and our broader efforts with everything money to bring quality financial entertainment and education to the masses, then please just take five seconds to go give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or vote for us on Spotify. You can also check out our Patreon page for more behind the scenes and go to www.everything.money for more problem-solving and life-changing information. Most of all, thanks for listening. <laughs>